Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. I have the honor of having Mr. Patrick in the house. How are you doing, sir? Doing wonderful. Great to be here with you. I was looking forward to this since uh, the first time you and I met and, uh, you know, getting to see you on Clubhouse and getting a lot of great information every time you share. As they say, I like the the cut of this man's trousers. That's what I told him on Clubhouse. You know, it's uh, it's it's nice to talk to somebody who's been through the trials and tribulations of business. You, you do a couple different things, and we're going to find out about those in the in the podcast. But before we get started, uh, I want to thank our sponsor, DreamChasers.com. Go ahead and check them out, guys, if you haven't already. Uh, but Patrick, you know, introduce yourself to the audience. I kind of let my guests tell their story where they want to, and and you can kind of go from there. Excellent. Well, first of which, uh, entrepreneurial all my life. I grew up in a a family where my father, after 33 years working for the second largest uh, pharmaceutical company in the world, uh, called him up and said, hey, we need you to train a couple new guys. And my dad was the company guy and couldn't wait to help them mentor coach. And three weeks later, they were the replacements. And so watching that as a young man and seeing somebody at 60 have to go out and you know, recreate their success, I uh, made a decision to become an entrepreneur. And all that basically mean, Austin, is I was never going to get a job. So what does that mean? That means you're selling t-shirts and rock concerts and football games and mowing people's lawns and being Uber before Uber existed. And, you know, just wondering, looking for opportunity. And uh, my life led to network marketing, which I fell in love with the idea. Uh, I've been in the same company for 20 years and have had a uh, very successful run uh, in the direct sales space uh, specifically. And then obviously, as you make money and make contacts, uh, opportunities are presented and started to just take some of the resources and multiply them in other areas. It's not ultimately that we really want to own our own business. It's that we're just such bad employees that we don't have a choice, correct? I would agree with that. We, we want to work 24 hours a day instead of eight. I think it's the, is really the prescription for the entrepreneur. It's like, you know, like my family's like, it's Sunday. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. What is that? <laughs> you're like, you're like, what is that? Like yeah. perfect, perfect example. You know, I told you we're going down to Costa Rica tomorrow. I'll be looking at real estate. And everybody's like, everybody's like, why would you do that? Like, relax. And I'm like, I am relaxing. This is part of me relaxing. I'm I'm the same. It's therapeutic to me. I'm the same way. I love what I do. I love the I love the game of 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 what we all do in business and, you know, getting a chance to mastermind with other people. I think that's a lot of the excitement also is the is your company that you keep. And so if you're a nine to five, then we're probably not a great guy to sit next to. But if you're an entrepreneur, we'll talk all day about making money and concepts and ideas to make more. So when you say network marketing, um, what does that entail? What do y'all, what do you do for the last 20 years? So um, the company's called ACN. So ACN is a direct sales company. They sell electricity, uh, cable television, internet, and they do it through an independent rep model, Tupperware, Mary Kay, same concept, but instead Mm -hmm. of it being a cosmetic, they happen to sell services uh, in 27 countries around the world. 
Okay. So I stumbled into it, loved residual income. I don't know if I was living under a rock. Uh, I had a bad education, but I never heard of residual income, you know, rent, royalties, residual income. These were concepts that I, I think I missed school the day they went over that. And and it's interesting. I'm, I'm 38. Um, I, I'm signing an operating agreement today for a new company that we're starting that I'm beyond excited about where I'm handling sales. In marketing and in sales, if I was been in my blood, I worked in the service industry for 20 years, sold wine, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I also ran from it my entire life too, because uh, I don't like the salesy stuff. I don't. But ultimately, wouldn't you agree that we're all in some sort of sales in our life? Like you're either selling yourself or you're selling a product. Yeah, you're conveying belief. Look, you know, if you're a Christian, you're selling it. You know, if you're Muslim, you're selling it. You know what I mean? If you're a Texan, you're selling it. You know, and mm-hmm. I think as a, you know, as a father, you're selling your kids. So I just think it's a it's a transfer of belief. And so, you know, you got to believe before you can transfer. And I think where people have had difficulty, if you will, in sales, in my experience, has been just didn't believe what they were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't a raging fan about that, what they were doing. If you're a raging fan, it's easy to get people to buy because they're buying off your excitement and belief in, in your education. Well, over the years of being in the business that long and, and, and doing sales and, and I'm sure being around salesmen and all that stuff, what are the tips and tricks that you've learned for yourself, you know, that you could add some value into the listeners, you know, things that you've learned over the deal over your years to, to elevate you know, to take it to the next level. I, I, I start with tell me what you're reading. You know, look, I think the book of books personally is uh, how to win friends and influence people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think there should be a digital one. You know what I mean? Like yeah. how to do it in the digital well, age. You know? Well, you, are you ready for this? We started writing the book last week. I love it. You well, look, you know, it's all we're all in the same <laughs> paradigm. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, Uber's time came. It was just who, who grabbed it, you know, so. But to, that's it's a great, great book, Austin. I'll, I'll be a, I'll be your first customer because I really believe uh, that needs to be addressed because you know life has definitely changed in the last twelve months, and now it's how to do it in the digital space. But that book is classic. You know, people don't care how much you know; do they know how much you care? And if you if you really study the most successful people in the world, they brought the most value to the world. So if you look at Steve Jobs and other individuals that, hey, you make billions of dollars, you've helped billions of people. I'm reading, you know, the Sam Walton book. I mean, you know, he brought discounts to rural America. I mm-hmm. mean, he, he, no matter how many people said, do not discount, he said, yes. stay in my course, you will pay 30% less and you don't live to, need to live in Manhattan to pay 30% less. You can live in, you know, bum nowhere USA with 10,000 people in your town and you will pay the same price that the discounters paying in the center of Chicago. So I heard the greatest story and I don't remember what book it was, but I heard the greatest story about Sam Walton is he always had breakfast in a diner, right? With his customers and stuff, but he, but true story, he created a cardboard cutout of, of his, you know, avatar customer and he called her Sally or whatever. And anytime anybody walk in to sell him something, he would say, would Sally buy it? And he said, they said, well, no, she wouldn't understand it. He goes, then I don't give a shit. Right. Like, and it, and so many times we want to elevate ourselves. So part of the book is meeting people where they are. Great point. Look, cater to the masses, dine with the classes. Mm-hmm. Walmart's exploding. Uh, Neiman Marcus went bankrupt. 
Mm-hmm. So to your point, you know, it's got to be incredibly simple. The simpler you make it, my mentor said, if you make it simple, you get rich. If you do it for them, you get wealthy. So mm-hmm. he's like, if you find a way to do it for them, you'll even make more money. But uh, mm-hmm. truly, if you're if you're in sales or marketing or any of those type of spaces, you know, you got to be a student of personal development. Like you got to be in a book listening to a podcast like this, bettering yourself every single day because you are the one taking yourself to the marketplace. And the marketplace will determine what to pay you based on who you are as a person. It's interesting. I was on a podcast this morning of a guy, somebody I really respect. And he was he was asking me, he said, you know, what do you tell your coaching clients to like, because listen, as an entrepreneur and an investor in general, like I've got the podcasts. We got a book. We have multiple companies, and there's the the to do list never goes away. Mm. But what I've transitioned to in the last six months has changed my life is is a is a, is an importance list, but also keep it as simple and frictionless as possible. Like the marketing shit and all that stuff is very important when you've identified the actual customer that you're serving, not beforehand, and you don't need the bells and whistles. But you need to go out and let the sales or the force of the business create the scale, not the other way around. Great insight. And, 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 and look, I think a lot of people make that mistake. And you being a coach know better than most of just dialing it in for people. You know, I love the fact that that's what you do because, you know, everybody has blind spots. You know, everybody has they're in their business instead of looking at their business. And so it takes the unemotional person to come in because sometimes we're just in love with what we do so much that we see, you know, we don't see the flaws. We don't see the problems. We don't see Mm -hmm. the issues. Uh, It's the, uh, a Mormon story I heard where a guy went to uh, ask a uh, man for his daughter and the, 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 the guy said, okay, well, how many cows are you giving me? And he said, I'm going to give you 50 cows. And nobody had ever paid 50 cows for a woman before. Well, the Mm -hmm. woman wasn't very good looking, but because he paid 50 cows for the woman, the woman became beautiful because the value of the man putting on this woman. And so, you know, I love the, hey, you know what I mean? What you see and what really is, is sometimes not always the same. But, you know, if you have somebody coming in and sort of giving you some insights that you might not have is uh, is always a welcomed opportunity. I've, the last 60 days, I've been studying like behavioral investing and like money and the psychology of it. So there's an amazing book called The Psychology of Money that Morgan Housel just released. That's a freaking amazing. And there's another one called Behavioral Investing. And he said something that really highlights, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this, because I think in their 20s, there's a lot of ego involved in business. And what I realized is I was, in my 20s especially, I was very innate to get the credit. Like, I wanted the credit. It was my thing. And he said in the book, he said, when you realize you're not fucking special, dude. like you're not special. I read another book called Build the Cell, Game Changer book. And he said that you need to remove, you need to be special and and make the product or the service you're selling the special thing. That way you've removed yourself from it and you can sell it. It actually has value. But your need to be involved and get the credit is what's holding you back from getting you where you need to go. You know, it's uh, so funny you're saying. So my mentor told me early on, 
a uh, couple of things. One, ego is edging God out. You know what I mean? Look, I, I, you know, I always tell somebody, you'll be very impressed when you meet him because he's got an impressive ego. And people don't know how to take that. They don't know if that's a compliment or a dig. So I'm always like, yeah, you're, you're going to really enjoy meeting him because he's got a very impressive ego. Uh, but my mentor said, hey, who's the most important person in McDonald's franchise? I said, the customer. He goes, no, the manager. Why? Because the manager is there. He sets it up. He opens the door. He gets the people there. He goes, who's the least important person in the franchise? I don't know. The, the janitor. He goes, the owner. Mm. Now, who makes all the money? the owner. Why? Uh, Because he found important people. So go find yourself some important people, make them important and you go and become unimportant and unimportant uh, people. And and more importantly, unimportant, they're not asking things out of you. So you can go sit on a beach or or a catamaran somewhere in the Mediterranean. (laughs) You're you're unimportant. (laughs) They don't need me. Who am I? I'm going to mess things up. I don't even want to come in. That is, that's the, we got the important people there and that important guy makes 70 grand a year and the unimportant guy makes a half a million. And, and to drop it down another level on a mindset wise, your need to be important and your and your lack of, of micromanaging and control is actually strangleholding your damn business. It, it, we wouldn't know who McDonald's was if they had one store. What did he do? He didn't manage the store. He was opening stores. You know, Sam Walton, 11,000 stores later, he's opening them. He said, look, oh, we were, we're embarrassed. Don't worry, you'll get it right. And he would go to the next store. <laughs> like, you know, I got, you'll get it right. You'll be okay. You'll figure it out. You know, I'm on my way to the next store. And I think that's a mindset shift where, you know what I mean? Where you're looking at, you know, creating wealth as opposed to making a living or even, you know, making money, you know, but creating mm-hmm. wealth has to be to your point, you know, scalable, duplicatable, no needed, you know, it's going to run with or without me. And, you know, I think to your point, that was something that took me a long time to get, you know, because I was caught up in doing it all, being it all, a personality, got to keep my fingers in everything as opposed to let go and let grow. Yeah, dude, true story. And tell me if this doesn't resonate with you. I have a guy helping me out with some marketing and podcasting. The future is a buddy of mine. Mm-hmm. and he's a good friend and you know we trade business back and forth and we go in this long meeting about how to repurpose my content all this stuff and he gets down to the end we've got like 10 minutes left and he's like okay i'm gonna spend about 10 minutes showing you workflow how to set up scheduling and everything and i just looked at him dead in the face and i said no and he was like what are you talking about i said don't i said this will be so lost on me and more importantly i don't care and now you're just filling my head up with bs and he was like Okay, great. And I was like, and it's taken me a long time to get there, but I just realized it's not important. It it, it takes us all a long time to get there. So I hope somebody listening doesn't take as long as it took us to get there. Look, let them do their job. You know what? I don't need to go to law school and check on my lawyer. I don't need to go to medical school and check on my doctor. Like Mm -hmm. you guys are good. Give me a couple referrals. Let me talk to some people you work with. You know, great. They all liked you. You served them right. I don't need to question it. You, You stay in your lane. I'll stay in mine. I'll give you the rope until you until you till you screw yourself. But more importantly, I'll give you the creative freedom to do what you do best because by doing that, I'm empowering you. And by empowering you, you want to work for me even harder. You know, one thing I've noticed, so I've got my fingers in other businesses. And so as I go into meetings with my, you know, partners where that's their business, we started an Indian food franchise. You know, what's never been franchised, Indian food. Mm-hmm. Everything else has been done. Burgers, you know, I mean, come on, mm-hmm. pizza. I mean, yeah. I mean, Indian food. And this is, you know, American tasting Indian is it, food. Is it fast casual? 
fast casual. How many how many locations do you have? So right now they have one that's their training center. Uh, they started about 12 months ago, pandemic hit. We had a bunch of people that have already committed to opening different stores. And then we stopped all uh, movement because of uh, COVID. So right now we're trending back. You know, we still stayed open, still so I learned got, a lot. I got the guy for you. He's so my buddy. Him. Yeah. I, yes, I'm going to introduce you after this. He's my buddy. His name is Paul Tran. He is the king of franchises. He is the fast casual king of America. He used to work for five guys. He sold over 1,100 franchises for mom wow. and pops. He's the dude. And he is an amazing human being. And he, we, we had a whole conversation about expanding and what you need. And you need, you need systems to be scalable. Yep. And if you don't have the systems, you don't have a business when you're so, when you're branching out. So interestingly enough, he was like, look, the guys that I partnered with, they're like, look, everybody starts a, a restaurant, then wants to bring, hey, your mom's recipe. He's like, no, we're building it to franchise. So yeah. it's coming, you know, from the day, from how you greet the person walking in the door. Yes. You know what I mean? Like things that you wouldn't even, mm-hmm. hey, this is the manual. This is how every, here's how everything's laid out and ran. So these guys, I can't wait to meet Paul, but the, but, but so the point I'm making, when I go to these meetings, I shut up yeah. and I let them talk. Even if I have an insight or an idea, I write it down. I say nothing because that's their business and let them tell me their business instead of me giving them my two inch depth of knowledge and Hey, I've eaten a restaurant. So what's that make me a customer? <laughs> you, know this, you know, what's, you know, what's interesting. I'll give you an insight to coaching. This is the number one thing. And the hardest thing that I've had to realize and this is imposter syndrome wrapped in a whole different mess of, of emotions. When I got into coaching, let's say I have a client who's a millionaire, right? In real estate and he's pivoting into a new business and just, you know, wanting some insight. There's such a imposter syndrome. Like I haven't done that. I haven't been there. Like, holy shit. How am I going to teach him how to do this? And then I realized from talking to enough great coaches that I'm not here to tell you how to run your business. I'm here to clear off, as we call it, the bug, the windshield of BS. Like, right. are you BSing yourself? And when I realized that I don't have to live in their business and, and tell them how to do their business better by just, but supporting them and being a third eye, it really took a lot of the stress off of what I do for a living. And it made me realize that, that I could be an asset. Yeah. And what, what, what a great insight into your point, you know, uh, coaches that I deal with, same thing. They don't know my business, but that's not their business to know my business. They're, you know, to your point, their business is to point out my blind spots and ask other questions of things that I'm not asking myself and other insights that I need to have and magical moments that they're passing me by because nobody pointed out, hey, that's a magical moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. What are you doing? Like, write that yeah. shit down. Like, take a picture. Yeah. Like, you know, be conscious of that. Like, oh, wow, I never thought I, I must have had a lot of magical moments that I was too busy doing what I'm doing, <laughs> grinding through what I do. As yeah. opposed to just taking a minute and being like, hey, we should take a photo because this is something we'll look back on in 10 years and go, do you remember? As you're making, and I think a lot of people are in this spot, as you're making money in business and in your, your career, there's, there, you know, we, just who we are, type A's get attracted to, you know, putting their money to work and other investments and stuff. And a lot of people do real estate. A lot of people do a bunch of different things. I'm curious, kind of that path for you, where it started and, and, and just anything you've learned from kind of what businesses you've been involved in. So, uh, you know, I'll tell you uh, what I did. And, and again, doesn't make it right or wrong. I just tell you my my story. I had my blinders on and I made a bunch of money in what I do. 
And I missed on a bunch of opportunities, a bunch of like, look, I had people calling, hey, you can take your money, make more money. I don't care. It's in the bank. So as long as it's in the bank and nobody robs a bank and it's FDIC, I didn't care. So I missed out on a lot of opportunities being so focused on what I was doing that I didn't want to distract myself for a minute to look at anything else. Do I want to flip a house? No. Do I want to invest in this? No. So it wasn't until after I had multiple seven figures already saved, then saved in a bank account, not mm, in the stock market. Yeah. I had the fucking bank calling me going, dude. What are you, dude, what are you doing? Like who keeps in their checkbook what you got? You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't care. Is it still there? I'm like, I'm not interested in that. I'm focused on. And then as I got to a point where my comfort level and what I was doing was there, and that took a decade and a half. Then I came up for air. Then I started looking around and then I found, okay, I've, I've done so well in the people business that I know how to find great people that are great at what they do mm-hmm. and then bring them what is a very difficult thing to get, which is money. So uh, I have the money. That's the part that every, look, go try to get a loan from the bank. You know who gets loans from the bank? People don't need money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know who, who doesn't get a loan from the bank? Everybody that needs money. So, you know, the point that I'm making, then it was like, okay, let me get into an electric car business. Let me get into an Indian franchise. Let me go invest in real estate with some part. You know what I mean? But I didn't do that until I had packed the bank and I packed the bank doing one thing that I knew how to do till I went from good to great. So, so, so this, I'm on both sides of the fence with this argument. It doesn't make it right. Like I said, no, no, no. I, did, yeah. I know, but, but hear me out though. One of the things I, I, I really harp on, is that everybody's quick to move on to the next thing or invest in the shiny object before they've maximized out where they are. Like you as an agent are so quick to stop being a real estate agent because you want to be an investor that you haven't even made the most amount of money you could make as an agent if you went all in. Then you would then you would invest. Like this is why I love your story. And I, it doesn't matter that you put your binders on. You invested in these businesses from a place of strength, not a place of it needing to be a home run. And that's a big difference. Big time. And it also gives me the luxury of letting it germinate and grow. Where mm. I'm not, hey, look, COVID came. We didn't make any money. We got a burn rate of five grand a month. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. We'll just, if we're still here when everybody else quits, we're going to be Forrest Gump in the in the shrimp business and everybody else's boats went under and now we're in the restaurant space and everybody else is either out of business, licking their wounds or trying to figure out how to dig out of a hole. Yeah, that's a great point because ultimately, you know, half of businesses is, is staying on to survive. Like, did you take the body blows and are you still here? And something I've been, you know, I like formulate kind of my rants in my head that I do on Fridays and like something I've been, is too many people are investing in businesses or assets, hoping that it's their lottery ticket. Instead of understanding that, is this a good business idea? Can, if something ever go south and I see it out five years from now, too many people are after the quick buck and you're getting caught. And when you get caught, it's going to take you a couple of years to recover. Big time. Look, I, I agree. And hey, look, what's the last thing to show up in business? Money. <laughs> The problems, the disappointment, you know, it's going to go like when people oh, I want to build a house. Well, okay, we'll put an extra 50 grand on that. Well, mm-hmm. no, they said a contract that you didn't, you didn't factor in the toilets. 
What do you mean? It's probably not in the plan. Wait till all the window shades. Oh, you didn't even think about that. Oh, heck, there's, you know, so. But to your point, I like what you said, because I went all in on one thing, became the greatest that I could, missed out on maybe opportunities because I was so singularly focused until I mastered it. And it becomes unconsciously competent where I could do it and do something else and learn another skill set, but unconsciously still do my day to day business. Mm. Yeah, that's an amazing point. I didn't even think about that because any bandwidth that you're pulling away from said thing is ultimately going to make you weaker in that area. So if you're operating from a place of strength, that's why I tell everybody, like my question to you is like, what is your need? Like, what is your need? Like these businesses that I'm starting, like we're, we're not expecting to take a, a salary or, or any money for like year minimum. And so it's like, okay, great. Well, that's not the goal. The goal is to build a business up where we can get running by itself or sell later on. Mm-hmm. And so that's a different mindset walking in when the owners know that, that we don't need it to survive. And then I look back at the business I started two years ago um, that did fail. Like I, I was hanging on to it, like every deal with, you know, the death grip, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a difference. It's a different energy. And you're going in, look, you know, scared money, you know what I mean? Doubt, fear, all those factors when you're in, you know, how do you win at a casino? Use their money. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. you, when you're up, you can't lose. I can't lose. Look at that. Yeah. Everything hits, you know, when you're going in and behind the eight ball, then it's, you know, a different mindset. So to your point, I really believe any business that I'm involved in, I reinvest every dime back in the business. I'm not here to take a dollar out. I see the long play. I'm in scalable businesses because I understand wealth creation and leverage and things that took. So if I'm going to get in the business, like the franchising, I want to be the franchiser. You know, I don't want to be yeah. a franchisee. I want to sell franchises around the world. And so why would I not go into a, you know, a franchise business instead of starting a franchise, you know, starting a franchise gives me bigger upside potential as opposed to buying a franchise and trying to be a multi-unit owner, as opposed to starting one and then selling everybody else on my idea. Uh, That's a great point. And so as you look at the next couple of years of your life, like business-wise, entrepreneur-wise, are you going to continue to work at your job and, and, and just continue to scale and investments that you do? Like, where do you see like your lifestyle moving forward? So uh, great questions. I mean, Austin, I see why you're where you are. You know, one thing is, you know, my business gives me connections. I am in the network marketing business. I am a recruiter. So I am out there every day. Who are you? What do you do? Who do you know? Tell me your best friend. And I would never stop doing it because it gives me a network to always go after. So the benefit of the network is, I'm constantly looking to recruit and network and through the network is where all the ideas came and all the business. I, you know, cause I met people like you that were passionate about something. I'm like, all right, you just need money. I get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean now? Yeah. I we need it. money right now. So if that's the case, yeah, right. you know what I mean? so we'll talk, but I mean, that's, you know what I mean? I find people that are great at what they do yeah. that are sold out of what they do. That'll go down with the ship of what they yes. do. You know, yes. you got to always have that. You know, my mentor said, don't forget where the money came from. You know what I mean? There'll be a point that, you know, they don't see you there, you know, sweeping the floors and doing all that stuff. They just see you collecting a dividend somewhere. Yeah. And what, what's he doing? Well, what he did was he brought the money to start it. And then we all benefited from that capital. So there's a, there's a, there's a something that's kind of the theme the last two days in the podcast I've done. And it, it's important. And, 
and maybe I'm, I was just talking to my, my other co-host on my podcast, who's an apartment investor. Maybe I'm a little bit different. Maybe I'm just a different cat, but something hit me about a year ago. And, and don't get me wrong. The fine, I surround myself by amazing people that underwrite deals. So I'm not just like willy nilly going into it, but I was literally knowing you and, and what you stand for and my business partner, I would hand them like a hundred thousand dollars and say, I don't need to look at the deal because ultimately, yes, the idea matters and the fundamentals matter. But in essence, aren't you betting on the entrepreneur? Yeah. Aren't you betting? And so this is something they don't talk about as a coach. I have a client who's building a billion dollar health insurance company right now, like multi-billion dollar company. Like I've seen the inside of his brain. Like I'm, I'm his coach. So how would I not invest in that human being? Right. Because right. I know he's going to go for it and his needs and wants his why is higher than his need for money. And so I bet my money on that. And so my question to you is when you look at a business opportunity or investment, are you in, Investing on the entrepreneur, or are you investing on the idea and a little bit of both? On a little bit of both. Like I've got to like the industry. I've got to see the scalability. I'm all, I'm always like trying to stretch their vision of the go bigger. You know what I mean? Like, hey, that's fine. Tell me where you can be in 15 years if you had unlimited resources, you know, and really allowing that exercise to work. Second thing is I find people that are shooting stars. They're okay. gonna do it with or without me. I mean, just <laughs> fortunate enough to come along and Ray Kroc, you don't know what you got here. You know what I mean? Like the McDonald's brothers are making a living. Yeah. It's like, I've seen enough in my lifetime to know this is a home run. And yeah. if I don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. Yeah. Indian food. Yeah. If I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. So it's not, I don't want to be sitting in an Indian restaurant 10 years from now being like, oh, we could have, and you know. The, uh, the greatest I've got a lot of good compliments in my life, but there's two of my favorite. My old boss in private equity said about me to somebody else. They said, Austin's a shooting star. If you get close enough, you might get some, some shrapnel on you. That's great. And I was like, I was like, I like that. I like the sound of that right there, you know? And mm -hmm. so it is the truth, right? Because the energy that we put off in, like you said, somebody is willing to go down because let's be honest. It's bloody out there, baby. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm not meaning them, I'm not meaning in an actual war scenario, but business is war. And 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 you have to be willing to do what's necessary for your investors, but also for your idea. Like when I like you're seeing me right now because I'm so charged up on this idea that we're like gonna change the entire construction landscape in America. Love it. Because of my network and because of the guys behind me that do what they do well. And then they let so the joke in the company is we're gonna keep a stoplight at the head office. And Austin needs to know when it's when the green light's on, because <laughs> I'm gonna fill up the bucket, baby. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and so, but, that. but, but that's what's, that's, what's fun. Right. And as you get older, you realize through the trials and tribulations that ultimately it's as simple as this. I want to do cool shit with cool people right. and have a good time. And the, 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 all that other stuff, the money, the, the houses, the boats, they'll figure themselves out. Yeah. You, you, you bring up a great point and I feel a hundred percent the same way. I want to do fun stuff with cool people that this, look, this is our time. Mm -hmm. We don't have any other time. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? We weren't born in the fifties. We weren't, yeah. you know, we weren't, we're going to be here in 2050. You know what I mean? Like this is it. So what we do with this right now, with the cards that we've been dealt with the, you know, the time of the world that we're in right now, this is it. 
And, you know, what I find is to your point, you get so good with people, you really have that discernment. Like, I know when people are like, look, you're looking at the money, the money's the last thing to come. You should be you if you're willing to sleep in your car, if you're willing to shower at the gym, if you're willing to tell your family, I'll see you in five years. And that, and no different if you were an NBA, NFL, yep. if you're a SEAL, like I love when you feel I don't want to move, move. If you were an NFL player, guess what? You would be moving. You know, uh, I like Baltimore. Well, guess what? They traded you to Dallas. So goodbye. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? You're not, well, my, my friends live here. Who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah. You have a higher purpose than all those other things have zero relevance in those decisions. My philosophy is have plane will travel. Absolutely. 100%. You know what I mean? And all my way. Yeah. Because, because ultimately, you know, one of the greatest stories I ever heard was the was the guy that owns Paul Mitchell and 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 uh, Patron? You know, he's one of the only people that owns two billion dollar companies. Yeah, he doesn't own a cell phone and he doesn't have an email. And so, in thirty eight years, he's had four people leave the company. That's it. And he does every meeting in person because he wants to sit down. He wants to have these real conversations with people. And sometimes we forget that as entrepreneurs or CEOs or landlords or Airbnb managers or all this thing, there's a human on the other end of that line. Yeah. And if you're so worried about the transaction and you're so worried about what money you're going to get out of it, it comes off and that energy is very, it puts people off. And, and, and people that are millionaires, billionaires, they sense that there's, there's a, there's an energy about them when you walk in the room and they know it. You, you, you bring up a great point. Look, everybody I've met who's massively successful is a great human being. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Now I'm thought I'm not no inherited money is a different story. You know what I mean? Like I feel bad for those people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, you know, the fight of the uh, you know to get yeah. there is taken away. And look, you know, it's sort of like being in America. You're you're the spoiled fat rich kid in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't even know it. You know what I mean? When you go, it's tough. You're tough. You don't mm-hmm. even know what tough is. You know, you're on your way to Costa Rica. Like, please, you know, you see him drinking out of a bag and a straw. You know, that's actually like, oh, how, my mom gave me a Ziploc bag full of Coke and a straw in it with a rubber band around it. Yeah, you know, that's how you that's how you drink in those cities or those countries. So the point mm-hmm. that I'm making is, you know, I, I find that two things. One is you have to build a team and everything is going to be done by the way you make people feel. And mm. if you do not make them feel a certain way, they're not going to go out of their way to kill themselves to help. And if you look at the great leaders, Napoleon, although I don't agree with his philosophy, he knew everybody's name and his men yeah. would run in front of him in battle because he was the first one out in front. The generals would say, oh, my Lord, Napoleon's in front. We can't let him die. So the generals would run. And then the lieutenants would see the generals say, we can't let my general die. And the soldiers said, I can't let my lieutenant die. And so they would all run out in front because he led the way and he would know them all by name. And that was you know, one of his qualities. He could walk up and down the ranks and call people by name. Mm, that's so great. So if people want to find out more about you or to follow your journey. I don't know how active you are. Uh, if you're, if you're TikToking or you no, I'm just kidding, but yeah, I, mean, I haven't TikToked <laughs> yet. You know, I got my nanny's a TikToker though. I'm like, I got my TikTok nanny. Yeah. She's, you know, she's serious, man. I'll tell you, I, I film my nanny TikToking. Like I'm like, this is dedication. This is what dedication looks like. Oh, I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. How would they find out about you, brother? Patrick Mazer, patrickmazer.com. My last name is M-A-S-E-R, M-A-S-E-R. I'm on every channel out there except TikTok. 
I love it. Guys, if you like this episode, make sure you send it out to your friends and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on -on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.